Hello and welcome to the MHG podcast. Life could be a little bit dark, life could be a little bit miserable. At the moment it's certainly bloody cold. So we're here to bring you a little bit of light, a little bit of joy and we're going to try and warm your cockles. Talking of warm cockles, hi Bradley and I'm joined by Stu. How are you doing this week Stu? Yeah, yeah, warming off cockles, thank you very much. Yeah, the heat is I'm sorry, on. that was a typo, sorry cock. Oh. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, why have innuendo when you can just explain stuff? <laughs> it's, it's definitely yeah. works out better. Yeah. Yeah, no, warm cocks. We all, all, we all know the best comedy is when you explain yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, make, making sure your genitalia is of the correct temperature. Very important. Yeah. And also making sure people have got the correct genitalia because that's how things work these days. If you're, you're, you're certain comedians, if you're a Dave Chappelle or Vicky Gervais type, you need to make sure you're talking about the correct genitalia. <laughs> that, honestly, that is absolutely <laughs> hilarious. That that Ricky Gervais thing in all the wrong ways. Like, I've seen clips from yeah. it and it's just unbelievable like how far he's he's sort of driven himself down the rabbit hole chasing a kind of popularity you know that he's lost over the years um and i don't know why because there's no need for it um it, i do fear it maybe it's a disease of the middle-aged white man i mean you're gonna go like chasing the right wing dream in the next few years <laughs> well if that's where the money is i might have to to be honest but uh yeah Immigrants, am I right? <laughs> yeah, you're completely right. Coming over here, taking our podcasts on the boat. <laughs> yeah, turning everyone trans. That's what they do, isn't it? Come over here. Yeah. Escape from war-torn countries and turn you into a trans person. That's how it works, I think. I've seen the latest one. that Famous trans ally, Keir Starmer's kids. Uh, apparently, he's trans one of his children, according to some right-wing grifters. Oh, I see. Is that right? <sighs> yeah. I'm sure yeah. that's how it happens. Because... Yeah. Yeah, because apparently he had two sons and now he's got a son and a daughter. So, obviously, famous trans advocate there. Keir Starmer trans in his kids. Oh, God. I know. Absolutely. God, that's mental. Oh, do you know what's even uh, worse than that in the comedy world? Is that that joke at the Golden Globes that that comedian made about Oppenheimer and Barbie. Did you see that one? No. Oh, my God. Well, you're lucky because it was ridiculous. Honestly, it fell so flat and everyone was like... It's like one of those watershed moments when, you know, are we the baddies kind of a thing? Because his joke was essentially like, oh, and this year we had Oppenheimer, which was based on a a Pulitzer Prize winning 720-page, you know, historical biographical novel. And then we had Barbie, which is based on a plastic woman with big boobies. And that was his joke. And the audience were just like, uh and No, that's it's Greta Gerwig and it's an amazing social commentary it's of a film. So good, which I film. still can't believe Mattel actually let happen in the way it <laughs> happened. I know, I know, it's the best. They was the butt of the joke. Yes. To a degree. And it's like they let that happen. Yeah. I know. I know. And if you pick apart that film, it's just genius. It's like, you know, yes. it's just like pulling apart a puzzle box uh, 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 like it looks like simple on the the surface the more you pull out the more you discover whereas it's like it's like donkeys donkeys yeah Yeah, which are in turn like onions right if you say shrek come on show get with it oh god no i'm not i'm not really a shrek kind of advocate but <laughs> See, I think that's one of the fields that's actually held up really well as well. When you look at everything else that came out around it, I think the uh, the humour and the the innuendo and the story have all held up better than quite a lot of other things of the time. But yeah, Barbie's brilliant. Mm. Uh, Lo didn't like it uh, because she doesn't can't stand Barbie. I was going, but no, no, it's not about Barbie. It's not promoting Barbie. 
the actual idea of what Barbie was and how they tried to claim Barbie was um, all women, but always had this slight, this, this figure and had to be always perfect. They're making that the crux of the, the satire. And I said, it's brilliant. And like, but she just didn't like, she just couldn't see beyond the, I don't like Barbie. Um, so I didn't yeah. get the film. Edith watched it and just found it funny and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I had watched it and because I, I knew what it was meant to be about, I was like, this is genius. It's brilliant. Get Greta Gerwig just, is just a superb director. Oh, amazing. I, I went into it thinking, um, oh, I, I thought it would be a bit like the Lego movie. I, I thought it'd be more like, yeah, all your Lego stuff is in there and it's a good brand advert with a little subtle subversion and a knowing wink. And that kind yeah. of thing. And it's not, it's like a massive, it's like a landmark feminist film. It's like yes. the most feminist film of the last, God knows, 50 years, maybe. And I couldn't believe it. And in such a good way, because it's also hilarious as well. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I even like the touch where you got the narrator who turns around and goes, like tries to prove point and goes, oh, if we want to prove this point, maybe we shouldn't have cast, um, oh, I forgot her name there. Main character, what's her name? Margot Robbie. Character. Yeah. Margot, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have cast Margot Robbie in this part. Ultimately, that's just really, again, it's just so <laughs> on the nose. <laughs> and it nails it. Um, but have you had the theory um, that links um, Elf, the Lego movie, and Barbie into the same universe? I've not, but I can imagine one. Go on. So the theory is, um, obviously in Elf, uh, Will Ferrell's buddy the Elf comes to Earth and ends up living on Earth. But because he's got all this way of bringing toys to life and it's all magical and stuff like that, he's the father in the Lego movie. Um, oh. But he's also, but after that, he then rises to be like the CEO of, a head, of the corporation of Mattel. And it's also that character in the Barbie movie, which is why at either point he's kind of never shocked by what's actually uh, occurring in the film, on. so to speak. <laughs> so it's actually the theory is Elf, Barbie and Lego movie all happen in the same universe. Oh, that makes <laughs> sense. I like that. Why I'm, not? I'm going with why that Why not? <laughs> yeah, sure. And I must, um, that's it. This yeah. weekend now I must, I'm not going to watch Elf because it's not Christmas, but I'm definitely going to watch Lego movie and Barbie again. I'd search out some um, film theories on it. It's um, yeah, oh, I like that one. I yeah. did like that one. Um, anyway, Stu, do you know what else is like uh, Barbie and Lego? Uh, they've got some. What's Elf that? Might have some. <laughs> what it was? It was it Elf Bowling, weren't there? Yeah. There oh, you go. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember that shitty Flash game? Uh, barely. Is this like oh, a dwarf God. bowling? Styles, yeah, but they done like a Christmas one, it was Elf oh, Bowling, and gotcha. but it did blow up as well. It's one of those, it's kind of like if you actually look back at how popular that thing was because you could just do it sat at your computer instead of working. Anyway, uh, do you know what else is like Elf, <laughs> Lego, what? and Barbie? Yeah, go on, what else? Video games, Joe. Yeah, I guess they are. I I guess what all those are. games have got in common. <laughs> What's that? None of them have made our top 10 list. No, this is true. This is true. Ah, oh dear. But, yeah, that, that's, there's a leak. Um, in our top <laughs> ten special, we asked you, we're seven and a half minutes in, we spoke mainly about, mainly about Barbie, um, and this is our Game of the Year special. Um, so, with that, wrap it up, it's time for a trailer. <laughs> well, I think, you know, <laughs> to tie the two things together quite well, they're our favourite things of the year. got nothing on me and satire. Yeah, no, absolutely not. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I think, you know, we pick our favourite rather than the best. And, you know, 
Barbie's definitely one of our favourite things of the year, and uh, these games are going to be our favourite things of the year. Yes, they are indeed. I've had to make a slight change. There's a surprise coming at the end. Oh, nice. Not this week's show either. Oh, my God, it's a two-parter. It is. Which means we've messed up a bit because it goes into our birthday one, but I don't care. We'll just, we'll, 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 we'll live with it. Yeah. Uh, our birthday celebrates the best game of 2023, which has been the best year of gaming in very long time and the worst year of gaming at the same time. But there you go. Um, Stu, True. Stu, Stu. Um, yes. I don't know how long we're going to spend on each one. Um, you go first. Because um, I always go first with these things. What is your... Right, look, before we do go, actually, like these are our top ten. I've said probably not... We're not saying these are the ten best games for each of us. They might not even be our ten most favourite games of the year as such. But it's been such a stacked year. I struggle to make a top ten list in terms of this one is going, this one is going. Like, I've, I'm already going to tell you now, Railgrade, as of... 25 half an hour minutes half hour ago had to get pushed out as I rearranged a few things so that would have been in my top 10 it's no longer in my top 10 because something else had to go in my top 10 when I thought about it a bit more um, so yeah um, so there is plenty of others we might do something to talk about those because if you, if it's not made the list doesn't mean it's not a good game um, apart from I don't know uh, Ubisoft game 26 that's probably not a good game um but yeah if it's not made it doesn't mean it's not a good game it's just so difficult this year um so with that said Stu, what's your number 10-ish position (laughs) 10-ish um yeah so firmly in the 10-ish position is a game called lunark which is a it's a flashback alike uh and of which there are not many um so probably talk- not even the new flashback. The exactly. Flashback <laughs> Precisely. That's how of a rare subject of gaming it is. Um, this is the real sequel. Yeah. There you go. There we go. Right, talk about your games, Joe. Sorry, I'm interrupting. <clears throat> I'll be one of those moods. I'm really sorry. That's quite all right. So, yeah, it, uh, obviously, like you can go back to the episode and listen to the full kind of description of what the game is like. But the reason that it's a, such an exalted spot in the year of a year of brilliance is that it looks great because the developer did all of the rotoscoping themselves. They they did they did it all. Um which is just such a commitment to the bit, as they say. <laughs> it's quite astonishing. And I think there's a real thing in, in when you're thinking of doing something as an artistic endeavour, as opposed to something that's more artisanal or functional, you know, so which you know, game game creation is exciting because it blends all of those things but when you're thinking about the artistic side of it he's really got himself into that headspace he's not like okay well I'll, I'll do it as much as I can you know in the computer or I will hire an actor or I'll get one of my buddies to do it no he, he did all the rotoscoping. so rotoscoping is where you you take live action and you then cover you you use that as the template to draw your sprites or your images in the game um and that's the, the weirdness and brilliance of Prince of Persia and Flashback and yeah, Another World and that sort of thing. And, and not game. enough games. No, and not enough games. Uh, it's a great style. Yeah. <laughs> it's very time consuming. It's you know, it's been superseded by a lot of motion capture stuff, but it has its own unique, you know, kind of bit that is definitely worth retaining. It's kind of like using, you know, physical puppets and stuff and in film. There's there's a 
there's definitely still a need for it. People still want it and stop motion and all that kind of thing. And that's the only thing I really want to add and one of the reasons why it's in my, in my top 10 list because it's got that level of artistry, care and dedication that A, you don't really see very often and B, almost never see that level of time commitment and done in that strange way um, by an indie artist. You know, it's it's a it's a real... It's a real throwback piece in all the best kind of a ways. That's what I can say about it. Yeah, no, it was in my overall, uh, do I put this in list? It wasn't. didn't make my top 10. Um, purely because I went back and I went, oh, I've not actually played this for God knows how long and I've not finished it. So I'm not going to put it in yet, but I've put it on my, I must play this once I finish Cyberpunk list. Uh, which seems like the perfect game to play after you finish Cyberpunk, in all fairness. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it looks... Oh, I, 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 You're right, it's time-consuming to make a game like this um, with this visual style. Uh, but the person who manages to nail this while making it easier for the artist as well will create something special indeed allows like a generation of these games because this rotoscoped aesthetic not just the visuals of it but the animation of it is one of my favorite in gaming i still look at the original flashback and it still blows my mind how realistic and cinematic it is yeah yeah. Um, it's it's that's not even through rose tinted glasses. This is not even like um, unreliable narrator stuff. Remembering what I played when I was a kid, or sorry, uh, when I was younger, it is genuinely still amazing and so futuristic looking in its in, in the way it moves and the way it plays and the way it looks. And Lunar carries that on perfectly. But I so said the only reason it's not in mine is because I haven't played enough of it yet, which is to my shame and disgust. No, you should never feel ashamed. There's been an astonishing number of games. It's I been know. honestly the quality of the games this year has just been off the charts. It's been nuts. So yeah, get around to them when you can because yeah, there's too many good games. That's the problem. It's a nice problem to have. Yes, but it's definitely it's going on my list. I'm going to play it this year, um, and it'll probably end up on an indie roundup at some point oh, cross promotion look at that look indie at roundup that. available weekly on <laughs> on the website written Marvelous. stuff amazing um, but anyway from your number 10 to my number 10 and from a single person to absolutely billions and trillions quadrillions of people I'd be playing humanity I, obviously I haven't been playing humanity for a bit because I, I, I finished it a, a while back but it's in my top 10 there we go Yay. it's my number 10 game it's humanity older humanity Excellent. Is oh. what they might say. Oh, um, so another game of years gone by that I think was ahead of its time and has never really been iterated on enough is Lemons, which I think is still brilliant to this day. Original Lemons, not any of the, the rubbish spin-offs and remakes and things. They're all really bad. Uh, but Humanity takes the idea of Lemons of you've kind of got this... Um, Automatic. Look, these people are going to walk in this direction. They are. They are the herd. They are the sheep. They are the lemmings. And if you don't do what you've got to do, they will walk to their death. So you've got to be the one who guides them. You are God in that way. You've got to guide them. Um, and it's basically it's a glorified lemmings 3D puzzle cross portal type world where you play as a spirit of a dog. 
was it a Shiba Inu? I think the dog is uh, very, a Japanese dog anyway. Uh, but yeah, Shiba Inu is what they yeah. are. Um, and basically, you put things down, kind of like you would in a choo-choo rocket, or say like where you like you select the icons and you press them on the level, you do that, and you guide the people to the end of the level. Um, and the levels get more and more expensive; they get more and more difficult. Yet, never not intuitive. Things never not make sense. Um, and in parts, it's easy. In other parts, it can be excruciatingly difficult. But never is it boring, and never. Is it frustrating to the point of, I'm done with this now. And I've played puzzle games where I've gone, this is stupid now. What it wants me to do makes no sense. Um, it, it, everything makes sense. It's logical. And any, these sort of puzzle games have to be logical. It's brilliant. They have added a create your own level. And I've played some of the uh, community levels that are brilliant. Most of them are crap. Because... Non-professional developers of games like this don't know what they're doing, um, and what they think is clever isn't clever. So, but there are some gems in there. Um, it's by Enhance, and you know, visually, it's going to have a certain style because it's Enhance who who brought us um, Tetris Effect. They're behind the Lumines titles, um, Res. Um, you know, they are visually and stuff like that. They are genius. And this is brilliant. I believe you can play it in VR, but don't hold me to that because I, I haven't got a VR unit to play it on. Um, and I don't think I could cope with this in VR. But again, I can see why this might work in VR. Uh, but it's brilliant. Um, and yeah, it my number 10. Um, it's between this and Valgrade, which is a brilliant puzzle, train, city builder, resource manager type thing. And this just edged it because I love the genius of this. Whereas Valgrade is, we've seen it before. It's just a different aesthetic and a different take on it. Um, and I've got something that's probably similar to Valgrade that is way up my list. But humanity, oh yeah, it, it's brilliant. Yeah, I had a, a similar a similar reaction. Um it didn't quite make my top 10, but it was definitely nudging on it. I think if I'd had more time with it, I probably would have got mm. it even higher up. But in VR, which was the, the difference for me, that I, I had to go in VR um, and really benefits that kind of a game. Just adding that extra dimension of you know, being able to look over and around and stuff. <laughs> I Can you, if you imagine like, like Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker in, in, in VR would be great as well. If you've if you've not played Humanity, think about that and how you yes. would use VR for that, and you kind of get the sense of what the VR brings to the table. It's not essential by any stretch of the imagination, but it's one of those fun extras that it, that can be added. So yeah, no, it's a it's an excellent game, and it's it's one of my favourites of the year as well, definitely. Right, moving on from super amounts of humans to choose number nine could be a link there <laughs> yeah there are super amounts of super um I, although it sounds lower than it is it's still a really big accolade because at number nine i've got super mario brothers wonder which um obviously you know you can go back to the episode again and i'll put in the show notes what episodes they're from i won't put spoilers in but i'll put in what um episodes so that when you've anyway sure Stuart. um it's <laughs> one of only two triple a titles across 20 type ty- 20 games yeah it's quite so, impressive you know, in its yeah. own way yeah um but it deserves to be there for for a lot of reasons it's got tons of energy it's got bags of fun and style it's got 
you know, loads of typical Nintendo touches. It's one of those games that every time you interact with it, it's just pure fun. You know, you, you know what you're going to get. And it's really, really good. Uh, it's got some very clever new ideas. And it's really, really lovely. And one of the best of that type of the year, if not like the best type of platform game of the year. It's the reason why it's quote unquote only number nine and not kind of higher up in my thinking is it felt a little bit simple Mm -hmm. and a little bit easy, even though it had very clever touches. Uh, I know that there were stretch difficulties later on, but the core game I felt was fun, but you know, not particularly challenging. Um, but that was less a thing. It was more to do with... Uh, I wasn't thrilled by the the new additions in terms of power-ups. Um, and it, like if you compare it to... The, the DNA that it's brought forward is, is very, very similar to Yoshi's Island, you know, which was called Super Mario World 2 in Japan. So they clearly mm-hmm. saw it as a, as, a, as a sequel. And it doesn't bring that level of, of kind of sophistication for me for the way that they've added things in it doesn't have that Miyamoto genius that that original had and it's harsh to compare them but moment to moment it's a great game it really deserves to be on the list it it probably for me doesn't warrant being any higher but I'm really happy with my time with it and it filled that niche for me that kind of you know you want to eat a piece of toast. It's just toast. It's just great. It's lovely. You want it all the time, but it's still just toast. It filled that kind of void for me when it came to platformers for, for 2023. Yeah, it's... Mario is great. Um, but it's Mario. It's. I've not played enough of it. I kind of played the first level, went, oh my God, this is hilarious, this music. It's brilliant. But it's Mario, and I was like, I'll play it another time. Um, I, yeah, there's no, there's no, there's no slight on its quality whatsoever. It's just, it's Mario. Um, and it is great, but you kind of get some games where you go, you have got to push that boundary. You have got to push what you are to be on that list um, Super Mario Odyssey, I think, done something like took what was the 3D Mario platform and perfected it. Um, you know, it wasn't just iterations. You know, Mario 64 was brilliant. Mario Sunshine was underrated. And Galaxy had its own special thing going on. But you hadn't had another Mario 64. Mario Odyssey brought that to the table. It is like, here's what the original, almost like, here's what we originally wanted for the Mario. 3Ds, um, and here it is now. Whereas this just feels like it's just a slight iteration of greatness. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, it doesn't matter how great it is, when they perfected it in Super Mario World, come at me, bro. Um, it was, yeah, you know, that's the best Mario game ever made, in my opinion. And everything else in that 2D sphere is below it. Um, and yeah, it, I, I get why you've got it there. It's not in mind because I've not played it enough, but it's still, uh, you know, a Mario game of this level that finishes number nine in the game of the year list is still better than 99.99% of most other games ever released. 
Uh, but it's 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 Mario. You know what you're expecting, so that's why it probably doesn't get high on either of our lists. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair, and um, I I also think that there's some bits in it that they could have teased out and made f- the center of the game, like the full game, um, and with a, just a little bit of tweaking, and it would have been a bit of a left turn. It would have been a bit out there, but I think it would have justified their kind of idea process but anyway that's another debate <laughs> but uh, yeah it definitely deserves to be nine and just briefly on sunshine i don't um i don't advocate for remakes very often I, in fact i think they're pointless most of the time if it's a good game and you know <laughs> it deserved a remake then you might as well play the original but sunshine i think really needs a remake because i think there's really good stuff in there but mm-hmm. I've played it comparatively recently, like within the last two years or so. And the controls are awful. The camera is diabolical. And there's so much backtracking. And there are three things that you could fix in an instant with doing a remake and um, make it like the game it really deserves to be. So I'd like to actually see that. I, I really would genuinely like to see that. But that's nothing to do with our top tens. So I'll show up now. No, no, that that make that makes perfect sense, and it is to do with our top tens because whatever we do is a top ten. <laughs> yeah, we're always the best. Um, that's that is very true. So next up, what am I doing? I've lost my list now, which is good. Uh, it's only because it went fluid. Oh yes, right. So from the wonder of the skies of the Mushroom Kingdom, we go to the deep dark depths of my number nine pick. That is Stasis Bone Totem, which I don't feel has been given enough love from people um, since it came out. And it's uh, very much an old school um, point and click presented in a CRPG style that isn't actually a CRPG where you play as a crew that is like marooned on um, a vessel, shall we say. Let's say a vessel in the deep dark sea um, and you need to survive. And basically what you've got is this brilliant point and click adventure um, where the story between the three characters is really, really well written. The relationships are brilliant in there. They are clearly people who like and respect each other um, to a degree, but there's history there. The tension between them at times is palpable um, and makes sense. Um, they know they've got to rely on each other, but there's like distrust in areas, Um it's you know it takes what should be an absurd character as well like there's a robotic teddy bear um it should be an absurd character and makes it so relatable in so many ways uh very much how um the best way to do it almost in a way ai does um, with, with the android character in that, where, you know, very underrated uh, Steven Spielberg film uh, become, but the character's relatable. I think it's it's actually stood the test of time in what it was trying to do, uh, but we're not going to go into films. We'll be here for another week. Uh, but yeah, it makes sense in, in that way. Um, the puzzles are obtuse enough that they are never nod nod wink wink to the old school point and clicks but not so obtuse that the modern day gamer goes what is this what what 
it makes sense. Um, there is a lot of backtracking that you have to do and exploring um, to do like what was originally seemed like a simple thing to unlock another thing, to do that other thing, to get into this area. Um, typical point and click stuff. Um, but the atmosphere, the storytelling, the acting that goes with it, um, the length of the puzzles that are included, the the the, um, the the areas you visit, the different biomes, it's all just spectacular. The original Stasis, again, I thought was an underrated gem, um, and I, I covered that for GameStyle back when I was with, uh, running GameStyle um, there, um, and I thought that was absolutely brilliant, and this just kind of takes that game and just knocks it out of the park. Um, it is it is brilliant, um, and I toyed with putting it even higher. Um, but as I said, these these top ten lists are a are, this is the only number nine game. These can all change whereabouts, but yeah, I, I love this game. It's superbly brilliant and depressing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny that it didn't get more of a a kind of championing in the in the year. Did it only come out on PC? Did it probably not? yes? Yeah. I don't know if it came out on anything else. I played it on Steam Deck, um, and yeah, I I don't know. I'm gonna have a, let me let me just um, as we say in the industry, let me check my notes. Uh, Linux, Windows, and Mac. So Steam and Epic, it came out on as well. There you go. Yeah, no, that definitely kind of limits the market. So. Um, that's probably why it hasn't got quite the kudos that it, it would have if it had got an Xbox release or a PS5 one. It would have been all over the place, I guess. But oh, if this came out on Xbox on the Game Pass, this would be a big win for them, just yeah. saying. Yeah, 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 they, yeah, they really need to think about that. We've said in like during the year and during the last couple of years that you have to start thinking of how you can adjust and adapt these things so that they can work on the Steam Deck. And you, the same applies to console. It's got you got to do it, really. You've just got to do it. Oh, 100%. This is verified on Steam Deck, by the way. Um, uh, as was Lunark, and as is Humanity as well, just to chuck that in. Um, and Super Mario Sunshine works on the Steam Deck. Just, just well, it's not verified, though. They couldn't verify that one. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, we'll, we'll try and mention that if we remember as we're doing these, if they're verified on Steam Deck or playable at least. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, this one's verified on Steam Deck and I don't remember any little text issues or control issues or anything with it. It's 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 brilliant. Marvelous. Um, so moving on from the lonely abandonment of subsurface darkness, we're going to move into another world. Fire, an orange or a blue. Take it over, Stu, not a pill. <laughs> No, a portal. And you may be like, well, there was no new portal release in 2023. But There's there a was. new one in 2024, though. Ah, there is. Yes, which we will definitely be coming we'll on to. Talk about at some year. point. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> but for the, for the year of 23, there was Portal 2 VR, which was a fan project to obviously bring it into VR. And it's obviously working off the back of the stuff done for the for Half-Life 2 in the source engine to get it to work in, in VR. And it's, an, it's just a phenomenal achievement. And when you're thinking about how good that game is, and, yeah, Portal 2, Portal itself, absolute landmarks in the genre. In, in fact, pretty much creating their own genre. Just incredible work. And the ability to step into that world 
in VR and have it encapsulate you. And the set, you know, obviously the sense of immersion you get, but also how that plays out in working out 3D puzzles. It's just an immense achievement. And yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of a cheat to have it on, on my list in a way because it's not a new game that's been created. It's a piece of technology that's been applied to make you play it in a, in a different way. But I really wanted to call out the, the genius of the people who've managed to do that developmentally. It's just it's just incredible. And, you know, I, I, the mind boggles at how brilliant people are at these things. The passion they bring to it, the skill, the dedication the complete lack of getting any kind of monetary reward for doing it. You know, it's just amazing. And it, it, it makes you feel both happy and joyful about the gaming world and, you know, proud of it and proud of some of the people who were a part of it. And when, you know, you're talking about how the, the upper echelons and the structure and the publishers are messing things up in, in the in the gaming landscape, it's nice to just switch focus to what the, the people on the ground, what the actual gamers are doing and, and how much they love it and, you know, how that passion just benefits you as well. It's, it's brilliant. It's just wonderful. Yeah, no, totally with you on, on that one. Uh, again, I can't comment on the VR aspect, uh, but it's just portal. It's just... I, we spoke about this and gushed about it many times before. It's just, it's amazing. And it's one of those where if you can sneak it into your top 10 list of any year, find a way to do it. It's like I try to do with Tetris on the whole. Um, Tetris isn't even in this year, but I had to mention the Hearts who made uh, Tetris Effect, which is Tetris. So you've got certain games you have to sneak in. I think Portal's one of them. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And it'll be snuck into this year as well. So that's great. Yeah. Oh, we won't need to sneak in. I, I, I've, unless this is made by some jobber, I've got a feeling this could end up being a uh, a well-known mod, shelter, so to speak. Yep. Um, so moving on from portals, um, we get messages from the other side. Oh, that sounds uh, scary. That's ominous. Oh, it is. Um, I've been, well, I can't say I've been playing. Obviously, I've played all these games, but I'm talking like we're doing our regular weekly podcast. Well, it is our regular. You know what I mean. I know what you mean. (laughs) This is why I didn't get to host the Game Awards, I think. Imagine telling me to wrap it up. (laughs) Please wrap it up. I'm right here in a minute. Um, (laughs) You know, I get complained at when I was coaching, I used to get complained at that half times took too long because everyone else is ready and I'm still chatting to the team. Anyway. Anyway, it's nothing to do with the Game Awards um, or our awards, uh, the real Game Awards. I've been playing Oxen Free 2, Lost Signals. Um, and I love the first title. Um, I didn't play it properly when it first came out. In fact, I only played Oxen Free 1 in 2023 as well and it was really really good um, I played it because Oxen Free 2 was coming out and I wanted to give Oxen Free 2 a try and I thought oh, I better you know make sure I'm up to date with the story and Oxen Free 1 was brilliant um, and it's technically the better of the two games um, but again this is like saying oh this Mario game is better than this Mario game as a joint thing they are brilliant Oxen Free games um, yeah it's basically an adventure you you play um a character who's part of a uh, you're in the first game it's part of a group but this one you're, like, you're sent to do a job on this island um, and you meet up with someone and the, the spiritual stuff goes down um, it links to the first game in certain ways via portals and, and crossovers and, and stuff like that and you use your, your radio 
to sort of like create links between the worlds and get messages and communications and it goes very dark places and um, you find out that like the events of the first game have a bearing on what happened here and what you thought happened at the end of the first game maybe wasn't what truly happened and what true endings were maybe weren't the true endings and there's mystery upon mystery upon mystery within the game and you end up back on the first island so <clears throat> imagine lost but good <laughs> um this is kind of what it reminds me of in terms of how it layers the mysteries but also yeah. like unlike lost it kind of goes here's a conclusion and you're like wow this conclusion makes sense it isn't just a dog or whatever it was i don't know there was a meme about a dog running into a wall <laughs> so moving on from something that costs money to something else that's not free What's next, Joe? Oh, I see what you did there. Very, very clever. So, yeah, my number seven slot is Shinobi Non Grata, which, <laughs> yeah, that's quite an quite an unusual title for a game. It's not the sort of your standards that you'd hear. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a it's an absolute cracker, and it's a weird one because it's sort of a pseudo sequel or spiritual sequel to uh, Ninja Spirit. Uh, which came out uh, in the arcade as an Irem game. They got a PC Engine release, a really good PC Engine release. And it's uh, a fairly, un these days I would say, a pretty unknown game. I mean, it pales in comparison to Shinobi in kind of terms of brand recognition. Um, but it was an absolute cracker. And this game is better than that game, uh, which is you know, quite a high bar to achieve. And essentially... You it you run from left to right, you know, it very much in the Shinobi style. And it gives you loads of weapons from the off, which is kind of uncommon with these games. Yeah. It's a bit more like Radiant Silvergun, but in platform attack mode. <laughs> and you, you immediately have a lot of weaponry. Um, and it's about, you know, what you do with them, uh, you know, as it is in, in very many forms of areas of life. Um, so it's utilising those skills. And there's lots of really hard bosses. The enemies constantly regenerate, which is one of the reasons why you can have, like, you know, tons of really hard-hitting weapons from the start. Um, but it's just... It's really excellent. There's some really clever enemy design that nod to all the classics but have their own, you know, little quirks, a little twinkle in their eye. Um, it's got a lovely kind of design idea and principle behind it that fits that mould... The only negative I have about it, and uh, it's only one, is that mm. it's it is but ugly. <laughs> well, I feel really awful saying it, <laughs> but it genuinely is. I play it with a with a filter on um, to give it a CRT filter because it really needs that smoothing effect of CRT. Um, even then, it is not a pretty game. Now that doesn't bother me much. I mean. Everyone who listens to this podcast will know. Like, we only really talk about the graphics when they stand out and are exceptional. It's like it's not something that drives whether we play a game necessarily. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't with this one. But I, I recognise that it not being pretty may have harmed it a little bit in, in you know, in terms of sales because it doesn't even look like like a, a good kind of comparison or kind of flip side to it. So there are a lot of games that, you know, obviously mimic the 8-bit aesthetic and a lot of them play on that kind of the US markets, 
nostalgia for Nintendo games. And this doesn't because it's not the Nintendo style. But there's like a game called Gravity Circuit that does it and it does it beautifully. And it incorporates 16-bit elements in in an 8-bit wrapper. This game incorporates 16-bit elements in an 8-bit wrapper, but it manages to make it like kind of ugly, which is a shame. And I really don't mean to harp on about it. So, like to to round it all off, to do your classic poop sandwich, mm. um, it's just a great game. It's a really great action game, a throwback action game that is unapologetically a throwback, but still manages to add some new stuff to it. It's probably the best of its kind. I've played quite a few, including like Oblivion Override, which is a really good game. <clears throat> quite a few kind of action platformers this year. Uh, and it's by far the best one. And it's the, got the best, greatest level of sophistication and action, immediacy. It's not a roguelike. <laughs> um, and it's the best of, of all of those. So, yeah, that's why it's my number seven. Do you know what it reminds me of? Uh, I mean, this in like a... a, a, like a- remember back in the day kind of thing like you had your Commodore 64 you'd go down to the market you'd buy your Commodore 64 tape of a game and on the back the screenshots look amazing like it's Outrun or something like that you've bought you look at all the screenshots on the back and it's brilliant and then at the bottom in tiny little letters it says screenshots from the Amiga version but you're a child you don't know this you get home (laughs) you load it up for half an hour on your Commodore 64 and then that's what you're presented with it's still bloody brilliant because it's out money you don't care but hey those graphics don't quite look what lots on the back of the tape <laughs> yeah god i remember those days yeah. you blimey days as i said god. i don't see that i'm not calling that as a negative for this game it's just that's exactly what it reminds me of that if they had screenshots for this they'd do like some sort of like fancier screenshots so like really hammer home that tiny little uh from the whatever version um, from the playstation 12 version or something like that <laughs> they absolutely would yeah it would be it would be unavoidable yeah um, but it, it's <laughs> fine yeah it, it's i've not played it's not my sort of game but i'm glad you enjoy it um and it's good yeah gotta have difference can't agree on all the to all the top games otherwise you know it's boring be we'd have just boring we'd only have 10 games to talk about if we agreed on everything rather than 20 that'd be rubbish i know um do you know what right we've gone from some great games and now we're really gonna have to dredge the bottom of the ocean for what's next oh dear it's dredge what a great pick go on then why is that landed at seven for you because um it's brilliant um, it, it's quite simply put it's brilliant it's a Lovecraftian um, fishing exploration game that goes places um, story wise it's it's you basically the, the basic premise is you wash up at this small island having had a, a, an accident in your, in your fishing vessel um, and they agree to uh, patch it all up for you but you've got to pay them back by going fishing and you go collect all these weird and wonderful different types of Lovecraftian style fish um that are worth different amounts of money and then you take it back you sell them you pay off your boat and then all of a sudden you do more selling you upgrade um you go further and further you do little jobs for people you meet new weird and wonderful people in new weird and wonderful locations you can upgrade further you can fish bigger and more creepier um creatures um everyone's 
got a past and like even sort of like you've got an inventory management in there that's really like a Tetrisy style inventory management where you have to fit the fish you caught on your boat in these in these blocks as well as all your items that you've got like different fishing rods or other things you might get to use um the the sense of discovery is outstanding you like it's dark and as, as night comes in the world becomes more and more dangerous and you've got to balance how far out do you go and can you survive the night if you do go further out um what lurks beneath it's all there it is just a mysterious game with so many great mechanics um the, just like the overall thing is it's dark it's that ink it's horrible but it's oh so good um i i i, I contemplated popping this up at a stage or two and saving it for next week um but yeah i i've played others that probably meant this took more of a backseat than i wanted it to at times this year uh but it, oh, it's brilliant it is an outstanding game the dlc which i've not tried yet as well um the dlc is meant to be a pretty damn good as well Oh, I love it when there's DLC to explore. When you you when you get that sense that it's not just going to be a cash grab, but it's going to be yeah. a real proper, yeah, addition to it. Yes. Oh well, Dredge is our so far. That's the oldest one on the list. No, we that was February last year, so it's nearly exactly a year ago since we were playing that one. Wow, amazing! Um, actually, came out on the first. I got this really early, I think, as well. I got to play this really early because uh, I think its official release date was the thirtieth of March. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. On Steam. Mm -hmm. uh, but I got this really early. I was like, yeah, look at me. Because you're a special boy. I am. That's right. Yeah, they, they do it to yeah. shut me up. Um, that's all you got to do, Stu. <laughs> shout me with games and you'll shut me up. <laughs> I do try. Yes. Um, so, from the murky, dark, claustrophobic waters of Dredge, we need something that's maybe going to open up a bit. That's maybe going to give us something to, to, you know, something vast, Stu. I am enjoying these uh, little, little segues. <laughs> they, they're, they're, they're working for me. Yes. They are definitely working. And, yeah, on the, on that opening up uh, subject, yeah, so my number six for the year is Sprawl, which is a first-person shooter. And as I sort of went into in detail in the review that we did, it is... Elements of like fear, F E A R, you know, first encounter, assault, recon, is that what it stands for? I don't, I don't care. It's um, fear. It's, yeah, it's, it's, fear. it's, it's spooky. It's, so, not scary, spooky. Spooky. Yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to go through explaining why I don't get scared by games, but yeah. Yeah, it is an acronym. I don't care what the acronym is. I just thought it was fear. It is fear. Yeah. And um, yeah, it takes that. Not that any of the spookiness, there's no spookiness, but it takes the kind of slow mo from that, and it's got the the wall running and parkour from the, you know like some Mirror's Edge and Ghost Runner and all that kind of caper. Right and full, exactly, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's just a fantastic, fantastic game. It's got this PS One aesthetic which has this brilliant thing where you can dial it up or dial it down as much as you like. So you can go right from kind of, oh, yeah, that reminds me of the, the PS1, but it's, like, really high res, like Proteus does. Proteus. Proteus. Yeah, Proteus, Proteus is a different does. game. That's right. And Parodius is a different game. Yes. Um, all the names are used now. He's just, like, stuck with, like, Wizzle Wazzle. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Ubisoft Game 95. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, no, it's got it's got that, or you can dial it right up so that you've got you know that wobbly wobbly textures that the PS One had and really really low resolution and stuff. So it kind of caters for totally immersing yourself in the the old retro style, or whether you want to just tart it up a little bit and and just give you like feelings and it, it leans into it really heavily it's it's not just me going oh yeah it's got this graphical style it's like the the reason behind it is because it it plays into how the game plays as well so it that aesthetic means that you've got very easy color breakup so you've got a kind of grayish green background and then enemies are kind of highlighted and I think I mentioned this probably at the time, a bit like Killzone, which does a very similar thing of like it has kind of monotone backgrounds, but has the enemies with like red eyes, um, mm-hmm. which has the simultaneous thing of being very atmospheric, but also very specific so that you can pick things out easily. And that's a kind of design aesthetic I just don't think is used well enough in a lot of modern games, a lot of it is kind of visual splatter mm-hmm. rather than thinking, okay, we need to mark out what you know, what differences are, um, so that you uh, what you should so actually you be can, shooting you know, at for a start would be nice. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's right. And you kind of once you lock onto it and you get into their rhythm of how they want you to see the world and play it, that links in really, really well to the slow mo, the the wall running, the the jumping around, you know, all of that st- sort of stuff. And that's really the stuff that I wanted to just highlight in the game of the year bit is that it it kind of has that really solid clunk click thing where it, where it locks you in where you you kind of go uh oh all right yeah no i've seen this element before i've seen that element before but what makes it really kind of special is that it it just ties all of those good elements together in a way of of the developers gone yeah i've learned these lessons i'm going to produce something that uses those lessons learned to make something quite exceptional and it is, although it's within a genre, it's within a style, mm-hmm. it's within a well, yeah, you know, it's on a well-trod path. It just you're kind of you're riding like the most expensive mountain bike down that well-worn path, rather than an old gink with the wheels falling. But off. Uh, the price it is, you've bought it off somebody, got it off the back of a lorry, obviously. Well, precisely because it's insanely cheap, so everyone should buy it. <laughs> if you like first-person shooters, you really can't go wrong. It's it's a absolute corker. It's just pure joy from beginning to end. Uh, there's there's no bits in it that you get particularly frustrated with. The challenge level is set at the right level. The the difficulty levels are well spread. It runs perfectly on the Steam Deck. It's just it's one of those that you can't really believe it's that cheap because it's it's a entire package and it looks accessible too um the like like i think yeah. I, I, I saw this on my wish list uh, around christmas when i was doing a tidy up and i did remove because i was like why have i got a first person shooter on multiple wish list i don't know and now you've just said about it i put it back on because i remember why because you spoke previously about the accessibility of it all and i went oh yeah this looks like a game i could actually play with my vision issues uh because there's outlines and there's ways to target um and it doesn't all just blend into one so yeah it's back on my wish list because I remember why they are as well. It did drop to £6.20, because I've, I've got uh, my Steam inventory help or whatever it is. Dropped £6.27 on Green Man Gaming at Christmas, and I missed it. Um, so I'll wait for that to drop in price again, and I will pick it up, because it's not my ideal genre. Um, 
couple of bits of housekeeping. Um, you said it works brilliantly on the uh, Steam Deck. It's down as playable, uh, but it's got full control of support. So that's good to know that your experience is good. Dredge is verified. And uh, Shinobi Nongolata is unknown. But what say you, Stu? It's, it's perfect. perfect. Absolutely perfect. I'd be surprised yep, if yep. it wasn't. <laughs> you yep. look at it and go, what? Why? Um, yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. No, perfect. And, and even runs the in- the injector for the CRT stuff uh, without any problems on top of that as well. So it's perfect on, on deck. Yeah. Sweet. Um, so we go now from the fast-paced, sprawling openness of freedom that you have to shoot what you want in sprawl to be monitored and surveyed and feeling trapped in American Arcadia, which, again, at one point was at the very top of my list. Um, And the more I thought about it, the more it's dropped down slightly, which, again, is not a, a slight on the game at all. It's just... I the more you think about stuff you've played and, and so on, the more you just go, oh, God, yeah, this was really good. Uh, this was a gut reaction to put this at number one or number two at the time. Uh, but that's because it packs a punch. Um, I spoke about this on the podcast. It's taken elements of, like, the Truman Show um, and expanded it out in a, such a unique way um, that you play, um, rather than someone who's like the, like the sole focus of a TV show, um, like you get in the Truman Show, you play a nobody who is supposedly going to be binned off. Um, and there's espionage, there's like 2D platforming, there's 3D walking around as another character, there's puzzles to solve, there's intrigue, there's mystery, there's twists, there's turns. Um, and it's a game where... None of the actual gameplay elements are special. Um, None of the gameplay elements you haven't seen before. You know, if you've played Limbo or Inside, there you go, well done, there's your 2D elements to it. If you've played any 3D walking simulator puzzle game, whatever, well done, there's your 3D elements to it. But what it does, it uses the setting, the narrative, um, and the way they combine with each other in such a good way that it draws you all the way through. It's about eight hours, ten hours in total from start to finish. Um, and I think I played it like an hour and a half or an hour a day, treating it more like a TV show than I did a full-on game in terms of how how I approached time spent with it. Um, and even though it's a one and done, you know, I don't think I'll ever go back to it because the twists and the mysteries are part of what drives it. And once you've unlocked those and you know what those are, I don't think there's a reason to go back. You lose some of that enjoyment. You're just speedrunning a game that doesn't need to be speedrun. Um, so I don't think this is like one where I'm going to go back to time and time and time again, like you would a portal or something like that. But that eight to ten hours I spent with it was so damn good visually it is so amazing to look at it takes this um, this future past element that um, fallout does um so it's like a good like pseudo 70s element whereas like fallout was this pseudo 50s element to it this is this pseudo 70s element that they've kept the world in but with all the futuristic bits that you expect today or tomorrow that all come into it 
Um, and it's just there's so many good little Easter eggs in there. There's just like so many good nods in there. The acting is really well done. I think that's something that gets really underrated in modern games is the acting in modern games is so good uh, that I had to go back and sort of like think about the acting in this because it doesn't stand out anymore. Um, I don't know if it, bizarrely, I think this is going to be one of the last times like in the year where you go, oh, the acting is what really helped this because that's part and parcel now. This sort of acting, you'd have got, oh, you expect this in a top, you know, you've got your best actors coming in, you know, you're looking at, you spent a fortune on bringing these actors in to give you a good performance in a AAA title. Indie games couldn't do that. I think that's changed now. I think indie games are really sort of like caught up in terms of that production value that you didn't get in the past. Um, and it's just absolutely brilliant. Eight to ten hour experience, as I said. One and done, but what a one and done it is. Marvellous. I've just, I've started it, but I've not, I've not really put a lot of time into it. So, mm. but yeah, what I've seen so far is really good. And I think you're right. That kind of, I think one of the themes of the, the, the top sort of five we've done so far is, is, is not, I think production values is the wrong term, but it's more sort of design values. Um, They're so important. It's like it doesn't matter if it's the best looking game or if it's the most cutting edge or whatever. It's that your design principles all tie together. And one of the key ones of that is acting talent uh, for these kind of games. It's so vital. And it sounds like they just like, like nailed it on perfectly. And... Yeah, <clears throat> when there's been a lot of games this year that have lent into that kind of storybook experience but haven't quite been there with the acting, it's it's great that there's one that's just kind of totally nailed it. Yeah, oh yeah, to- totally. Um, as I said, it's, it's a, it shows sometimes what you can do. If you get your design and your production stuff spot on, it would take what... Honestly, I think it would otherwise be another run-of-the-mill game, an average game or a decent game. I hate saying average because average always like makes it sound like it's not that good. But a decent game and just elevates it. Um, and I think that is important. It's like when we spoke about, we'll bring it back full circle, when we spoke about the Barbie movie earlier, what could have been a run-of-the-mill title that just glorifies something? Adding the production value it did... And making sure that they nailed the right elements of that film elevated it to beyond what it could ever have hoped to be. Um, And that's kind of what American Arcadia does. It's what, um, you know, when we look at some of your top five next week, it's what some of those do. Um, without spoiling what any of them are. Um, You know, I've got one next week that is... um, Shouldn't even be a success in a way. Oh, I, I don't think in the mid-2000s, early 90s, I don't think it ever would have been a success uh, because of what it is. But the way they're made today, these games, and the love that goes into them, and they're not just out to make a quick buck. Um, obviously, there are games, that's the AAA studios are doing that now. And there are some charlatans out there that do try, oh, let's just jump on the bandwagon and do it. But you get games now that are just made with such love uh, this is our project. This is what we want. The, you've got to go out your way to make a bad game. So to make a game that sits into a top 10 of a list, whether it's ours, whether it's someone else's or, 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 or whatever, 
you've got to really pump more into it and it's those production values with you get with american arcadia what you get with like the the effort that got you as you mentioned with sprawl the effort that goes into lunark for example and i guess say with stasis bone totem to only mention the games we spoke about so far elevates those and it's why they're in our top tens they are not necessarily pound for pound the best games that have come out this year but they've all done something that have made sure that in our memories in, in, in our year they're there they're in that they're in that that thought chain and when you think about them more that's why they're there and yeah they, they are yeah. they are they are special for so many different reasons as i said we could just go through and go oh yeah like if you look at it you know boulders gate should be in the top in the top 10 or the top five it's not in either of ours and Bones Gate's brilliant, don't get me wrong. It is an outstanding achievement. And I spoke about what it means for games moving forward and how you could not have to worry about crunch and stuff like that. It's not in our top 10 because it's brilliant. But at no point did I go, oh, yeah, right, Baldur's Gate's in it. It's only when I done my top 10 list. I looked and I went, I've not got Baldur's Gate in there. What am I knocking out for Baldur's Gate? And you know what? I would stand on this hill. I wouldn't knock a single one of these out for Baldur's Gate 3 as good as that is and technically it is probably the best game of the year but it's not in my it's not my best game of the year despite being brilliant and i and i loved it i absolutely loved it but it's still not in my top game of the year because it didn't hit me in the way that these games do yeah that's right and it, i that's why these lists i think have to be personal when you when you're doing them on a you know on our kind of a podcast i think it's pointless to just go through a a, a top five or a top ten that's going to sound like the um you know the, the game awards version because they just don't hit, hit you where you live you know i mean a good example is like alan wake you know which i'm not going to throw shade at but <clears throat> that kind of connected for, with people in the right way and elevated it for them um and for me it missed i mean for me it was like uh you know meeting somebody that is like you know they're gorgeous and they're kind but they've got no conversation they're dumb as rocks you know it's like like me it's that kind of <laughs> yeah exactly you you're the archetype of that definitely but um yeah no it's kind of like it there's key area, there's a key area that it has to do for you that it has to click with you for it to land on your personal top 10 um and you know that sort of that sort of game often would and but didn't for me this time round and I think that's just really honest to do it that way, because if you you can you can unfortunately add a little element of dishonesty by going, well I should overlook the fact that it didn't quite click for me in the and for me with Alan Wake it was the action didn't click, you know oh I should overlook that because everything else about it is so good it's like well yeah but I stop being honest to myself you know yeah and I think it's you know it's that sort of thing that that makes it a favourite list rather than a than a best off you know yeah no totally totally with you there um as i said it's i don't want to see the same five to ten games on every single list um and the fact we've been able to highlight 20 games um that we've loved and do you know what you know uh, not to spoil anything or to actually give away what one of the titles is uh but we've got at least one game coming up the is a big big title that is probably in a lot of people's lists uh because it's a massive title and deserves to be there you know sometimes a big triple a title deserves to be there um and 
we will give it kudos when it deserves to be there. This one definitely, well, based on what I've played, deserves the kudos, even though I've not played this part of it yet. Um, that might be a slight spoiler, I don't know. You might be able to beat that out. Whatever you want to do, Stu, I don't mind. Depends how thick the listeners are. Um, I mean, <laughs> well, yeah. they're brighter than us, yeah. I bet. Uh, but yeah, it's um, the first half of our game of the year. Uh, we will celebrate the best games of 2023 as we celebrate our third birthday next week. Um, and because it's a Game Awards special this week, I'm not going to shut myself up. I'm going to carry on. Someone's going to need to give me some kind of hint that maybe I've been speaking for too long. It's not going to be me. You just know it's not going to be me. Uh, so I'm, I'm just going to carry on until until, well, I think until I get the prompt. It's probably a good a good point at which you know to uh, to shut up now. Yeah, all right, fine. I'll, yeah. I'll wrap it up, please. God, there's no way of saying that without sounding like an absolute monster. <laughs> yeah, like, I was trying to do trying to do the line without it sounding horrible. But all I need to be talking horrible. about is the people that have died while we've been while we've been doing it, and just like it's just, it's just <laughs> Jesus Christ, read the room. Jeff, read the room. <laughs> no one cares oh, about a trade for that coming game when someone's pouring their heart and soul out about the game they've made, but the people they've lost on the way. You're going, please wrap it up. No. Oh, dear. No. But yeah, big, I, I, miss. I know when to wrap it up. This part of my art. Okay, I know when I've spoken enough. So with that, I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to let you take us out and finish this week's podcast, Joe. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, obviously, this is the first part of two. So, yeah, stay tuned for next week. Stay tuned. God, that's an old-fashioned expression. So, uh, yeah, like, share, and subscribe. Sorry, just say something modern to kind of uh, counterbalance it immediately. Smash that <laughs> yeah. like button. Smash the like button. And, uh, yeah, as usual, follow us on all the socials and engage with our content wherever you like in whatever form you like. And in the meantime, until next week, stay safe and stay sane. Thank you.